Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to The Scarb Show. We are live here in Salt Lake City. I'm your host, Andrew Scarborough, and I am joined here today by a special guest, my boy, Sydney Mapuli. Yes, Say what up, Sydney. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Sydney Mapuli, a.k.a. Young Sid, or Sid. Um, when my boy told me to come on the show, he already know I had to say yes, so I'm here. Thank you for having me. Of course, brother. Let's get into it. We have a lot to talk about today, so... Stick around wherever you're at. Let's have fun. Let's get it, baby. Woo! All right, everybody. Welcome to the Scarb Show. We have a lot to talk about today. But first off, we are going to get into the UFC. As UFC 291 is upon us this Saturday, located in Salt Lake City. It's a huge card. We're ready. We're stoked for it. It's going to be a great night, a great couple fights, and we're here to break it down, talk about it. So let's get right into it. Sydney, what are you thinking about these cards? Yo, uh, UFC 291, I'm so excited for it. Um, once I heard that it was coming back to Salt Lake City, Utah, um, I didn't think it was going to come back as quick as it did. Um, we all know that UFC 278 was here last year in uh, August. That was the Edwards and uh, Usman 2, um, and this one is even bigger than the one last year so I'm, I'm excited hell yeah brother it's gonna be a good card and we're excited about this one so we're gonna break down some of these fights so what is your favorite fright fight from the prelims do you think oh, oh man from the prelims uh i'm gonna have to go with my guy the black beast Derek lewis you know um he's coming off of a loss against Ser sergey spivak but i think he's gonna turn it around and uh, get a victory and you know stay in the rankings agreed agreed that's probably the biggest prelim fight of course he's fighting marcos rodrigo de lima out of brazil so Hopefully we're we're rooting for Derek Lewis. I think I'm gonna go with Derek Lewis. Yeah. I think he takes the fight. I got, that's, I got, yeah, I got Derek Lewis for sure. Yeah, so. that's gonna be a good one for sure, for yeah. sure. But we let's get into this main card though. This main card is crazy, Bro. man. I mean, oh my gosh. So first off, our first fight for the main card, we got Michael Chasia versus Kevin Holland. Yeah. Of course, my boy Kevin Holland. That's my favorite fighter. You know. You know he's gonna take that. He's gonna take that fight, bro. Yeah, I got I got um, Kevin Holland beating Michael Chiesa too. Um, I think this fight should have been uh, booked two years ago, but um, Chiesa's coming off of a loss uh, last time he fought, and Kevin Holland just got a knockout in uh, UFC. I believe it was two eighty seven. Um, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited for this one. Uh, it could be a potential fight of the night. So. Hell yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Kevin Holland, you know, he's going to be talking this shit during the fight. You know, that's my guy. One of my favorite fighters in the league. So, of course, I got to go ride the bandwagon trap. Go on Kevin Holland for that one. Yeah, I got Kevin Holland knocking him out in the second round. All right. So, for our lightweight bout, our second fight of the night, we have Tony Ferguson versus Bobby Green. Um, obviously, I'm going with the more popular pick. I'm going to go with Tony Ferguson. Obviously, a badass fighter. Um Besides, you know, getting kicked in the head, his last his last fight and getting knocked out. But I think he's going to take this fight. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I got Tony Ferguson, too. Um, Bobby Green, uh, according to Vegas, is a huge betting favorite. But, I mean, Tony uh, Tony Ferguson, he looks hungry. He looks ready. I've been watching the uh, Embedded series. I watched the UFC Embedded series episode four this morning. Um, he looks ready to go, man. I mean, he. I watched the press conference. He said that he feels like he's in his prime. Tony Ferguson's 39 years old too by wow the way. that's crazy and man. yeah i like bobby green too you know he can beat you in many different ways you know he's good on the ground he can knock you out but uh, i don't know man i think tony ferguson takes this one and uh yeah bounce back win for him he needs it i mean he the last five fights he's fought some legit badasses you know and it could have went either way but 
I think Tony Ferguson takes this one. Yeah, this is definitely a fight to get him back up to the top, fighting those big, huge fighters. Not saying Bobby Green isn't one of the was it isn't a badass fighter, but he's not on the level of the Adesanya's, the O'Malley's, the whoever you guys, Cerrone's. I mean, anybody like that. So definitely a fight that he's trying to get back up to the top for sure. And which is crazy, he's thirty nine years old and he's now hitting his prime. I think he's hitting his prime as well. So yeah, um, it's pretty crazy that you mentioned Cowboy Cerrone because that's the last person who he got a victory over against, uh, I think it was a UFC 238 back in 2019. So Tony Ferguson really needs this W, and I think he's going to get it uh, via decision. Wow, yeah, time flies, man. Four years ago, that's 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 a tough one when you're a fighter. That seems like an eternity when you're a fighter. Yeah, But, yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to go with a submission or possibly a knockout. I think, I think a knockout could be really good. Yeah, for yep. sure, for sure. That would be entertaining for yep. sure. But now moving on to our third fight, um, also a welterweight bout. We have Steven Wonderboy Thompson versus Michael Pereira. And, you know, this is going to be an even fight, I think. I mean, I, I'm probably going to have to go with Steven Thompson. Like I said, I'm riding the popularity train again here, but I have a weird feeling Michael Pereira might take this fight, but I'm going to stick on the train with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. What do you think? Man, I got Stephen Wonderboy Thompson too. I mean, Michelle Pereira is no slouch. You know, we've uh, we've seen how he can fight. We've seen his ground game. We've seen his um, knockout power, you know, for a welterweight. But, you know, Stephen Thompson, he's just coming off of a huge victory against your boy, Kevin Holland. Yep. That yep. was a hell of a fight back in December. Um, you know, we've seen him fight guys like uh, Vicente Luque, Anthony Pettis, Darren Till, Jorge Masvidal, Tyron Woodley, you know, all the names. All the great names, fights, yeah, yep, yep. The names just keep coming and coming. Um, he's ranked, what, I think number six or number seven in the welterweight division right number, now? Number seven. Number Pereira is number 15. Yeah, so Pereira, he's looking to, you know, get up in the top ten and, you know, potentially fight for a welterweight belt. Um, yeah, man, I think I got Wonderboy Thompson, though, via decision, but – Wonderboy can beat you in many ways. I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, knocked him out with a spinning back kick. Yep, yep, yep. That's going to be a good one for sure. All right. Now we now are, what, what is it? Our third, our fourth, excuse me, our fourth fight of this main card. The pre-title, what do you, what do you call it? The pre-main event? The co-main yeah. event. The co-main event. Co That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You got Jan Blachowicz versus Alex Pereira. Jeez. And remember this fight, Paulo Costa was supposed to fight Pereira. But now Bach, uh, Jan is now replacing him, correct? No, no, no. Costa was supposed to uh, be in the third fight, but then he um, pulled out so that he could take the fight with Hamza. Oh, okay. That's right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, Wonderboy Thompson and Michelle Pereira now in the main card. Right on, right on. So perfect. I'm gonna beautiful. Go, I'm going to go with uh, – I didn't like Pereira's last fight against Adesanya, so I'm going to have to ride with Jan on this. I think he's got the upside. I think he's got the more of the weight. I'm going to take you on on this Man, fight. I, I think I agree with you. Um, this was very hard uh, for me to choose, too, because I was um, – when I saw that the fight was announced, I was just like, holy – and this is a guy, Alex Pereira, who just fought for the middleweight title. Well, was the champion and got knocked out. This is three months ago, yeah. back in April, and 
we saw that vicious knockout that the style bender, you know, put on him. And I think it's a great move for him to go up to 205. I feel I feel like he should have made the move uh, a long, long time ago. But, man, this is a potential uh, title fight that, you know, either one of these guys win. They'll get the they'll get the shot. They'll be fighting Yuri Prohaska, obviously, because Jamal Hill, uh, he tore his meniscus playing basketball. So oh, that man. light heavyweight division, I don't know what I want your take on this. What do you think about the light heavyweight division right now in the UFC? with everything that's happened uh, man, within the past year. It, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I think uh, – I definitely think – Adesanya is in the light heavyweight, right? No, he's middleweight. Middleweight. Uh, he could move up to there. Um, I'm not too sure, man. I, I'm kind of with you. I agree with you on all that other stuff you said. Did uh, you see that Magomed and Yamblahovich fight in December? Yeah. Like draw? That was a good one. That I was thought, definitely a good I one. thought Yamblahovich won the first three rounds. Yeah, though. I think Yan definitely took that fight, but – like I said, it can happen in a drop, but that would suck, man. If you if you're in a in a title fight, you train all year or however long they train for, you get ready, you prepare yourself, you go through a, a beating during a fight, take like getting your ass kicked, you know, punches left and right, head kicks, even for both fighters, you know, and then you come out with a draw. I'd be oh man, I'd be yeah. so pissed, man. I put in all that work just to tie, bro. At least I'd rather lose than yeah. tie. You know, I put in all that work just to have a draw. It's like, damn, what was that worth for? Right. You know? Yeah, if I could break down what's been happening. So um, the original title holder was Yuri Prohaska. Um, him and Glover Teixeira were supposed to have their rematch from the crazy first fight that they had. That was a that was crazy fight. I think it was a UFC 275 last year. Um, yeah, that fight was supposed to happen, but then he got an injury. I'm not sure what it was. I can't remember, but... Yeah, man, that was supposed to be the fight. And then they just put Magomed and Goliath and Jan Blachowicz together. And, you know, the, the, the division has been a mess ever since. Uh, we had Jamal Hill versus Glover Teixeira at UFC 283. Jamal Hill won the light heavyweight champion. And then months later, he uh, gets injured. And here we are, you know, with the potential uh, number one contender fight. We all know that Yuri Prohaska is getting the next title uh, fight. Um Jamal Hill right after, but Jan Blahovitz versus Alex Pereira. This is a huge, huge matchup. I got Jan winning, you know, the Polish power. And Jan <laughs> Blahovitz, you know, he has a, um, I don't know if you know this, uh, but he has a history of welcoming middleweights into the light heavyweight division, and he's 3-0 and against them. Wow, yeah. Guys like Luke Rockhold, Jacare Sosa, and even the style bender himself, Israel Adesanya. So Jan Blahovitz is trying to, you know, add to that resume, add – um, Alex Pereira to that resume, but this is a fun fight. But Alex, Alex Pereira, man, he can beat you in many different ways. You oh, know, yeah. he's got that left hand. You yep, know, yep. Uh, I'm pretty sure he can uh, wrestle on the ground too. I've seen some of his uh, embedded uh, episodes. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I have it's hard, but I'm still riding with Jan Blahovich. Um, is it do do we know if it's three or five rounds? I'm yet? sure it'll be a five rounder. Uh, I'm not too sure on that one. I'm sure it'll be five. five definitely, yeah. For sure. But I agree with you with the with with Pereira and the striking and the kicking. I think Pereira wins the fighting part of the fight. But if Jan gets him on the ground and goes to wrestling, I I, I worry about Pereira's ability to yeah. get back up. I think Jan takes a, the wrestling aspect of it, and I think Pereira is going to take the fighting aspect of it. Yeah, and a lot of people were um, asking me too, like about you know Pereira and his weight cut in middleweight, like. The guy's massive. He's about what six four, six five. His walk 
his walk around weight was about they said what was it like 232 pounds something like that and yeah big boy he would cut like 25 pounds just to make 185 and I, when i heard that i was like how the hell did this guy you know was <laughs> how was he able to cut weight like that yep, you know because yep. there there's some light heavyweights you know that uh fought you know in the middleweight division before they'll even tell you like making 85 was like difficult for them sometimes you know they would pass out and stuff and you know that's why they moved up to 205 and another crazy uh stat too Jan Blahovich said that if he gets the title back at 205 he's thinking about rematching Izzy but at 185 like wow. there's all these there's all these crazy speculations going on that'd like, be a great fight Jan versus Izzy that'd yeah. be crazy and then there was another one I uh one of the guys told me yesterday he's like yeah um Pereira and Adesanya might rematch for the trilogy but, oh definitely but at light heavyweight though that's a, oh really yeah that's a must and that's we've a seen must. And, and we've seen uh Adesanya move up to light heavyweight and Jan Blahovich just you know was toying with them that oh, fight. oh yeah yep yep he, like I said the wrestling aspect I think he's got more weight if he put if he puts Pereira on the ground I think Pereira's in trouble yeah Alex is looking terrific bro like we I mean he's always been big but like he's looking like jacked bro i don't know if you've seen him like you know this week or whatever how he's looking preparing for oh, his yeah. fight but yeah, he yeah. looks way way bigger than he did his last fight right so. on yeah so that's gonna yeah. be a great co-main event all right and then we're moving on to our last fight of the night the main event the spectacle of ufc 291 and we have both americans fighting our boys dustin poirier versus justin gaethje and you know what? I'm going to go the opposite on this fight. I got Gaethje winning this oh, fight. I really? think I think Gaethje just doesn't care, bro. Yeah. I think he's just going to go out there and fight. I think Poirier kind of has a distraction. He's the wonder boy. He's got the glitz. He's glad. Don't get me wrong. Poirier's a badass, and he's going he's gonna to stand his ground. Mm-hmm. And he even said he's going to he, – he plans to put Gaethje in the hospital. He doesn't want him walking out of there. I read a thing on ESPN the other day. He he quoted that he plans to put Gaethje in the hospital. I think it's all talk, though. I think he's head over heels over in his fight, and I think Gaethje just doesn't care. I think Gaethje's gonna walk in there and just beat the you know beat the shit out of him. Yeah. And so I'm gonna go Justin Gaethje for the main event. Wow. Yep. I mean, man, I'm I'm riding with Dustin the Diamond Poirier here. You know, um, don't get me wrong. I love Justin Gaethje. He's he's one tough son of a bitch. You know, I fucking. <laughs> Like, uh, wow, like, I can't believe you're going for Gaethje. But, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's for the BMF belt. We all know what that means. Um, yeah, man, Dustin Poirier, he's coming off of a huge victory against Michael Chandler. Um, his last, He's won f- the last four of his five fights, two of them, including the notorious Conor McGregor, yep, yep. who should be returning in December. We don't know about that one yet. But, yeah, man, I mean, this is going to be a night of violence bro, yeah. in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Like, I knew that, you know, Salt Lake City pay-per-view was going to come back, but, like, we didn't know it was going to be this big and this exciting. I really never have been excited for a pay-per-view, like, you know, like this before. So. Oh, yeah, and it's great. It's in our hometown, too, yeah. Salt Lake City. I mean, Absolutely. Represent. Man. I yeah. mean, last last main card last year was great. I mean, it was a great card, but this card just seems like it's yeah. over the top, man. Oh, yeah. that, that Salt Lake pulled this off is crazy, is. so represent Salt Lake. There's plenty of activities going on downtown here in the next couple of days. So if you're a big UFC fan, go check those out. Oh, yeah. We will definitely be down there. So we're going to be checking out all this stuff and all the glitz and glam of the UFC. So, and if you're going to the fight, I would probably recommend you show up early because I know it's going to be a packed house. 
Yeah, like he said, there's a lot of stuff going on that the UFC is doing this week. You might even run into some of the fighters, take pictures with them and stuff. Um, yeah, man, I'm excited. They got meet and greets before the pay-per-view. Uh, I think, uh, who is it, Jorge Masvidal is doing a meet and greet at Misha the Flankers. Uh, Misha Tate is yeah. doing the pay-per-view one. Yeah, so there's a lot of fighters that are here, like uh, Misha Tate, Brendan Allen, Bilal Muhammad, uh, Macy Barber, and Kelvin Gaslam. They're actually going to be doing the um, 30th anniversary UFC Q&A tomorrow. So that's going on and yeah there's a lot of stuff to do so and i'm pretty sure there's people that are going to be selling tickets in front of the arena before uh, the main card Definitely. because i'll tell you right now like it'll get packed before the uh, before even the prelim start but it'll be sold out by the main event trust me i know i was at ufc 278 last year and it was like the whole state of utah was there so it was pretty it was pretty batshit crazy yeah so, like i said utah doesn't yeah. get much so that we got this big huge card for ufc it's gonna be a packed house it's gonna be a great night so everybody tune in on saturday night whether you're going to the game or going to the fights or watching it on tv yeah. for pay-per-view it's about 80 dollars. so check in with your local listings but it's gonna be a great night ufc 291 this saturday we are pumped up for it yes we are yes right we are on. yes sir all right, now that we have covered UFC 291, we're going to move on to something not really sports quite yet. We're going to get to some more sports stuff later. We we're going to move on to world news as we had some bombshell kind of drop yesterday from the U.S. government. Um, three members that were former members of the uh, Department of Defense uh, for the U.S. government, pretty much. Um, there was a Congress meeting held where a bunch of Congress people asked these three men about what they possibly know about alien life and if we have information on alien life so what do you think Sid? do you think Sid, do you think aliens are real oh man i i really don't know I, we hear this shit about aliens all the damn time you know like i mean the u.s government they i don't know i feel like they like to lie about a lot of stuff too <laughs> you know but even though we do live under their government i don't know man i mean one day we might be surprised you know and there's this big ass ufo in the sky and you know <laughs> yep, yep. aliens start attacking a shit ton of people so well man no. <laughs> I, I hope we don't get to that day man that'd be crazy but I, i'm with uh, I, I think i believe in other life outside i mean our galaxy is huge our solar system is huge but i don't know if i believe with aliens existing on planet earth i i, I don't know if they are capable if we're not capable of going to their planets how are they capable of going to ours of course i don't know i don't know what else is out there but I'm like iffy on the alien things. I don't think they're here on Earth. But listen to this. This is what the three members of the Department of Defense had to say during their meeting yesterday. And the three members say that the Pentagon has structures of what it believes is alien spacecraft. And they also recovered non-biological human pilots of these craft. So they're pretty much saying they have aliens. Oh, my. Yeah, so it's like uh, I don't know. If you, I mean, show me the spacecraft. Show me, show me the, show me the aliens. Yeah, show us the aliens. I don't know. Maybe some people walk out of their houses one day and a bunch of aliens just start, <laughs> you know, attacking. I don't know. It's like some type of like Halloween type of shit. Yeah, I don't know, bro. Like I mean, I'll believe it if I actually see an alien or an alien yeah, arm what or like whatever, yeah, bro. Who that's, knows? That's but. what I'm saying. If I see like an actual alien, then I'll be like, okay, like. This is true, like, you know, so. Um, yeah, show me some extraterrestrial spacecraft that humans aren't capable of making, and then I might start believing you a little bit. I mean, but they also said that, member, like, their friends that they worked with at the Pentagon were injured by aliens. What? 
Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know. what. How are you injured? You know, are they, are they, they got live aliens up in there? They got live aliens in there. 51. I mean, what's going on, bro? That sounds like some Star Wars shit. <laughs> some type, Star Trek type crap. Yeah. So that was that was kind of a huge bombshell to drop. That's kind of off topic for what we do in this podcast. But you know what? This podcast is off topic. And it's my podcast. And we're going to talk about what I like to talk about. So I like to do different things every once in a while. So we're going to – that was a huge bombshell news that happened yesterday. If you weren't aware, if you want more information, go check it out on TikTok, social media, anywhere pretty much where you can search up aliens is where you'll find things. But anyways, moving on. All righty, now that we have moved on from aliens, we're going to go back into the sports world and we're going to go to the NHL where some huge news has just dropped over the last week. Captain of the Boston Bruins, future Hall of Famer, Patrice Bergeron has announced his retirement from the NHL. What are your thoughts on this, Sid? Man, um, I'm kind of shocked, but, you know, not surprised. But, uh, I mean... We watched him play what he played 19 seasons in the NHL, won a Stanley Cup with Boston in 2011. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of sad because former teammate. Well, yeah, former teammate Milan Lucic just uh, came back to Boston. That's right. And I thought that, you know, they were going to have one more run at it because the Boston Bruins, they won what 65 games this past season and they were the best in the league and then we obviously know what happened. And they with choked that. in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> we, we saw what happened with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I thought he was going to do play maybe like one or two more seasons. But, you know, um, we wish him well with his retirement and everything. Um, we don't know what happens with the Boston Bruins going forward. So Definitely. We'll, just, we'll just have to see during the rest of the offseason and um, – yeah, until October when the NHL starts back up again. Yeah, definitely. And it's a huge hit to that Boston lineup again as they've already lost a couple players throughout free agency. Um, and now another huge loss with their captain retiring, their main guy, Patrice Bergeron. So it looks like oh, Brad Marchand's going to have to run the show for them. I mean, they did, They still got Pasternak and all those guys. They signed Van Riemsdyk as well. Um, of yes, course, Milan Lucic. So, I mean, they got some good players yeah. still, but man, they took a hit during this offseason. Yes, they did. So, right after the playoffs, um, when Florida eliminated them in the first round, they lost a lot. I mean, it wasn't even just like a little bit or whatever. They lost a lot. And then cap space had something to do with that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, they just signed Pasternak. What was it, like eight more years in Boston? So, and then Milan Lucic just came back and they got David Krejci and Brad Marchand. Um, I think they'll be all right, but I don't know. We'll we'll see, you know, how Boston goes uh, during, you know, how we'll see how they do going forward. So. Yeah, I think that, I think they'll still definitely be a good team, but I don't think they're winning 65 games again. No, I don't think so. I mean, they'll make the playoffs for sure, but I don't see them, you know, uh, winning 65 games. So, yeah. So anyways, moving on. But yeah, that's a huge hit for the Bruins. Um, but congratulations on Patrice Bergeron for retiring. Um, glad he's now can do whatever he wants away from hockey. You never know. You might see him coaching, might see him involved in hockey. Still, Absolutely. But congrats on Bergeron retiring as well. And then also another transaction that just dropped, dropped today, actually a couple hours ago, um, was Vladimir Tarasenko signed with the Ottawa Senators. 
Yeah, that one shocked me as well. Um, as we know that he um, got traded to the Rangers from the St. Louis Blues. Um, he's a free a He was a free agent, and uh, Ottawa gave him a one-year, five million dollar contract. Um, so, yeah, I mean, <sighs> Ottawa Senators. I don't know what to think of them. You know, they haven't been good since you know they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals against your Pittsburgh Penguins. Yes. So, yes. Uh, yeah, I mean. I don't know. Just I'm not, I'm not hell bent on them, you know. So yeah, but they do still have Claude Giroux, so they that do. is going to be a nice pairing. They do. So they do. we'll we'll see what happens with that. But it's kind of a weird team to go to, especially for Tarasenko. But I mean, he, he's going to be a great player for that team. He'll be a nice pairing for the Senators with Claude Giroux, I believe. Yeah, and I believe they have a well, they did have Alex DeBrinket, but he had, he's gone to Detroit. Yeah, so. he just moved on to Detroit. That, that's right. They traded him to mm-hmm. Detroit just this off, so I forgot about that yeah. as well. So yeah, uh, that's probably his replacement. Was, yeah. That's probably why they went and signed Tarasenko because they replaced DeBrinket. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. feel like the NHL season, you know, this season is going to be very interesting. You know, with obviously Vegas winning the Stanley Cup. Um, Seattle's going to be good. Um, we don't know how Chicago's going to do. They got the number one overall pick. Um, I like some of Chicago's moves, though, this yeah, offseason. Chicago's moves are great. They got Taylor Hall from Boston. Corey that, Perry. Yeah, Corey Perry. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, and then uh, another thing, too, Patrick Kane, he just got, I think it was like some surgery or something with his hip. Yeah, so, it's going to be interesting to see if he resigns yeah, with New York. They say that he's going to be out for, I think, like four to six months, and he's actually a free agent, too, yeah, as we're speaking. Yeah, might as well do it now while you're a free agent and the season's gone yeah. and we've got a couple more months left, mm-hmm. so might as well do it now. But I think he's going to resign with New York. I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, it's his hometown. He uh, grew up there and stuff, so I think he resigns there. And um we don't know the we don't know the issue about speaking of Chicago too. Uh, we don't know about the issue with uh, Jonathan Taves. Oh yeah, that's right. He's not. It wasn't he. Is he going to retire? Or wasn't it an injury or something like that? Uh, like I mean, they said. I mean, uh, his last game against the Philadelphia Flyers when he missed that overtime goal that was terrible. But. Um, I mean, he was waving to the crowd, you know, to the Chicago crowd like he was going to retire. But, I mean, he's been through a lot, man. I mean, he's been through some illnesses that had something to do with, like, COVID, not COVID illnesses. Um, I mean, I don't know. He's 35 years old. Um, He's won three Stanley Cups. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he called it quits, but, I mean – Last couple of years have been rough for him for sure. But we'll we'll see what happens. I think Chicago is going to be – a decent team. I don't. I don't. I don't know if they're gonna win. Definitely not gonna win the Stanley Cup. I know you're a Chicago fan, but yeah. well, let's be honest here. But, but Bedard's gonna be the new face of the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, yeah that's how you say Bedard or I Bedard, think so. something like that. Yeah. Connor Bedard. Or yeah, something Bedard. Like that. Yeah, something like that. But he's gonna be the new face of Chicago. Yeah. So I think he's gonna carry the load most, and I think they'll be a decent team. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited for that kid. You know, I think he's gonna bring a lot to the table, and of course, the veterans are gonna be there to help him out. And he can learn from the veteran presence like Corey Perry and Taylor Hall and Seth Jones. So, um, yeah, I mean, if Jonathan Taves retires, I mean, I hope he doesn't. But, I mean, I would be happy if he did because of everything that he's been through. Um, You know, I could see Chicago getting a new captain in the near future. Definitely, definitely for sure. And then, of course, my Pittsburgh Penguins made a couple of moves this offseason, signing Dmitry Orloff and getting a couple other guys that I'm still kind of learning about, but I think we're still going to be a solid team. We still got our Malkin. We did lose Dumoulin, which I was 
not happy about to Seattle. But we still got Malkin, we still got Crosby, and we still got Latang. And with the addition of Dmitry Orlov, and we re-signed Tristan Jerry, our goalie. So it looks like he's going to be our future goalie. So go Penguins, man. That's my team. So I think we're going to do great this year. Yeah, I just looked at your guys' roster the other day when we spoke the other day. Man, that you guys are looking pretty good. You guys have Mikhail Granlin, too. Oh, yeah, Mikhail Granlin. You guys right. have Jeff Carter still. Ricard so. Bikelf, I believe we acquired from Anaheim yeah. last year. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you guys will be all right. I mean, you guys didn't make the playoffs because of the Islanders. They took you guys' last spot. Can't but, stand them, bro. Yeah, them. I, I like those New York <laughs> Islanders, know. man. Those Islanders, man, you know, but they're they're going to be a good team as well, too. You got you guys got a stacked division with New Jersey as well. Oh, and yeah. The Rangers, so. Oh, yeah. Definitely going to be a tough division yeah. for sure. So, All right. Now that we have covered some of the NHL news, we are going to move on to the National Football League where there has been a lot of news over the last couple of weeks. Of course, NFL training camp has now just kicked off. The season is upon us here in about a month and a half. Uh, preseason starts here in a couple of weeks. So we're already getting into the, the, the ends of ins and outs of football. And we've had some crazy news regarding the Denver Broncos this morning as head coach Sean Payton went on and interviewed um, during a press conference reminiscing about the horrific season the Broncos had last season and the coaching by Nathaniel Hackett. Of course, he quotes Sean Payton says that pretty much Nathaniel Hackett was a terrible coach and it didn't all rely on Russell Wilson. It wasn't all Russell Wilson's fault, of course. Um, he's saying that he couldn't even get control time, couldn't do nothing. They had the worst offensive line in the NFL and I Honestly, I would kind of agree. It's It was pretty bad last year. I mean, blame Russell Wilson all you want, but, man, he was the most sacked quarterback in the league. He was getting his ass kicked back there. Had very little time to throw the ball at times. So he's got some valid points. I agree with Sean Payton. He's a legend, um, obviously Super Bowl champion. He coached with uh, the Saints to win that Super Bowl. Um, yeah, man, I mean, I have to agree. You know, he was the most sacked quarterback Russell Wilson was last year. And Nathaniel Hackett, you know, his coaching was just, you know, horrendous, as we both know. And, um, yeah, I mean, what I'm looking forward, honestly, to is uh, the Jets and the Broncos when they uh, – what week is it? Week five, week baby. Week five, yep. oh, my God. Definitely. Yeah, that one is going to be some some drama-filled stuff right there. But, I mean, Sean Payton, you know, he's I think he's going to turn it around and you guys are going to be good this year. So, Honestly, I'll make a prediction, too. I think the Broncos are going to win 11 games this year. I would, I would agree. And to add on to that Jets matchup, if you don't know already, Nathaniel Hackett uh, was fired, of course, last year midway through or towards the end of the year. And he signed this past offseason to be the Jets' new offensive coordinator. Of course, he, he pairs up with Aaron Rodgers again back in New York. Mm -hmm. But also this connects because uh, former Broncos right offensive tackle Billy Turner was also on the Broncos last year and now is part of the Jets organization. And he had to reiterate, reiterate what he said and kind of gave a response to Sean Payton, calling Sean Payton, Payton some, you know, words that probably some, aren't appropriate, but some explicit stuff, some explicit stuff. So that just kind of adds on. Do we have a new rivalry brewing here with the Jets and the Broncos, or do you think this is all just shades of mirrors talk? Um, I mean, I think it's too early to tell, to be honest, but I think we just have to wait till uh, week five of the NFL season when the Jets and the Broncos do play, and then 
we're going to see all the action and everything ensue. And then that's when we're going to determine, okay, if there is a rivalry or not. Definitely. Things will get chippy. I could see it. Some effects from this interview earlier carrying over to the beginning of the season because it is only week five. It's not like I'm going to forget about it, Claire, in week 16. Yeah. This is right at the beginning of the year. So it's definitely going to be a chippy game for sure. Absolutely. I'd have to agree 100%. And it's going to be in Denver. It's going to be a return of Nathaniel Hackett. I'm sure Bronco fans will give him a warm welcome, so to say. We'll see what happens with that. But like I said, I and I always – I always stick up for my Broncos and they're like, oh, you're just a Broncos fan. That's no, man. This is why I stick up for him. I, I trust me. I do blame Russell Wilson a little bit. I, he, he had some times where he was just horrific, especially that Christmas day game where he lost like 50 to whatever to the LA Rams. Oh my God. Yeah. I remember I mean, watching that. That I was, was just, just like... horrific. And that was all pretty much Russell Wilson's fault that game. Yeah. But I do agree. The offensive line was terrible. Dude was the most sacked quarterback in the league. He was also dealing with some injuries. He had a concussion, a shoulder injury, a knee. He had all kinds of stuff uh, that he was dealing with and still was showing up every week to play. Obviously, when you're beat to crap, you're not going to be as good as you are. And that's why I respect Russell Wilson so much. You know, he was on my uh, former team, Seattle Seahawks. Uh, still still breaks my heart <laughs> to this day that you guys took him away from us. But no, man, I mean, what I was telling you before, like when somebody goes to a new team, you know, they have to learn the new playbook. They have to, you know, understand the team. And like for a quarterback, you know, it's learning the new offense, learning to know your new teammates. And, you know, even guys that you've played with before on different teams, you know, like for instance, Tom Brady and the Bucks, the guy is the greatest quarterback ever. We know that. Definitely. He let, he was in New England for 20 years. You know, he got to Tampa Bay. You know, he had a couple slow starts the first two, three games, but he picked it up and he won a Super Bowl in his first year as a first team. So. And the Broncos have addressed needs that all their needs from off last season. Of course, they acquire Hall of Fame head coach Sean Payton, who am I am just ecstatic about. That's who I wanted oh, know you are. during the interview <laughs> process, man. I wanted Sean Payton. Of course, they were. They fixed the head coach position. They went and signed some offensive line, including Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey. So they addressed their offensive line issues as well, and they brought back a lot of their guys. to. And remember, even though the Broncos had one of the worst offenses last year, they had the best defense in the league. Yes, they did. They did. Uh, watching Bronco games, you know, you guys would have a stellar, stellar defense. It was just the offense, uh, you know, and Russell Wilson getting sacked. But – I think it'll make a huge difference this year. I mean, a lot of people, you know, this is what this is what makes me excited about the NFL season, like months before, you know, a lot of people predict a lot of stuff that, you know, it either happens or it doesn't happen. And then come the season, you know, everybody's shocked. Like, oh, like this team is good. Like some teams that were terrible last year have a potential to be good this year. Like your team, the yep. Lions, the Lions, definitely, uh, the Jets. The we'll Jets. see how that goes. Um, hey, yeah. your Seahawks are, are right. As long as Geno performs, we're, man, that team's a good team. We're doing, we're, we're, we're looking all right. You know, I got to watch training camp and you know see how things are with my team. But you know, I have great confidence in them. You know, uh, I don't think the Rams and the Cardinals will be no competition to Ooh, us. Man. The only competition will be the 49ers, which scares the living hell out of me. But um, yeah, I mean, they're you know, still trying to figure out who their starting quarterback is yeah. going to be though Trey Lance or Brock Purdy yeah that is that is true too but I don't know I mean I feel like we can compete with the Niners for the division this year so 
yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for this season. So Definitely, definitely. So, yeah, but also, and then another thing with the Broncos, I know I keep reiterating back to them, but you know how many injuries we had last year? Our whole freaking team was injured. Of course, Javante Williams went down, K.J. Hamler, Josie Jewell. I could just keep naming off and off and off. A lot of our starting offensive linemen went down last year. So, obviously, the Broncos now have fixed all the pieces. They're healthy. They're good. So, now it all relies on Russell Wilson. And this just adds to the drama of it because I'm so excited now for this Week 5 Jets matchup. It's going to be a chippy game, and I'm excited for it. I can't wait for it either. I can't wait for the headlines heading into the game. Um, is it an afternoon Sunday night game? No, it's a that? Sunday afternoon game. Yep, so it'll be about 2 o'clock game. Rogers in mile high, so it's going to be a great game. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be tuned into that one for sure. Definitely, and we're curious to see how the Jets do with newly acquired quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, they built around that team, acquiring Nicole Harden. Obviously, they have Garrett Wilson, and they have Sauce Gardner on the defense. So it's going to be a great team, I think. Yes, so I it's going to be so. a great matchup. Yep, I'm excited for that matchup. Definitely, definitely. Anyways, moving on to other NFL news here. Um, obviously, like I said, training camp is upon us, and we've had contracts. At this time of the year, contracts are a hot discussion, so to say. And we've had, like I said in previous podcast, my previous podcast, that – Running backs are treated as not, not high-priority signing players anymore. They're, they don't want to pay running backs $100 million, you know. Obviously, we've seen with Le'Veon Bell and Zeke Elliott how those contracts turned out. So teams are hesitant towards it. So I don't – and it's not just running backs, but I, don't, I see why the NFL teams aren't doing it. And, but we have, we have a new running back that has signed a deal, uh, running back – for the New York Giants, Saquon Barkley signed a one-year, $11 million deal. How do you feel about that? I mean, I kind of uh, have a feeling and uh, knowledge of why he wanted to sign that one-year deal. Because, um, I mean, he wants to get paid, man. The guy wants to get paid, you know. I think he deserves it, you know, after everything that he's been through and all the injuries. And he literally showed that, okay, I can be the elite running back that you guys need. Like, pay me, you know. I mean, they made a playoff appearance, you know. They – uh they I can't against the Vikings, right? Yep, yep, yep. They, uh, and then they went on won. to the Eagles yeah, they won. and ended up losing. I was trying to remember because I wasn't watching much of that game. So yeah, yeah, they won and then they lost to the Eagles. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I just think that they should, you know, have paid him more. You know, they gave uh, Daniel Jones a mount crazy amount of money. And yeah, I but mean, that, I think that's only fair. That's the quarterback. That that's, is true. The quarterback's the face of your franchise. Yeah. The quarterback decides if you win yeah. Super Bowls or not. Yeah, I think he plays, you know, to that one year deal this year, see how everything goes. And then maybe they'll probably negotiate his contract during the season or after. But if, you know, things don't go well, then I can see him leaving New York next season. Definitely. It's definitely a prove it deal. And then speaking of contracts, a huge contract has just dropped over the last week as Los Angeles Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert has signed a five-year extension worth about, what, $260 million? I think it was like 262 something like that. Uh, so that was a huge bombshell, well-deserving. Well Obviously, they had to pay their guy, yeah. Justin Herbert. I agree with that deal. Um, Jalen Hurts got his deal. 
Justin Herbert got his deal. Um, Burrow's going to get his deal so next. He's so, next for sure. Yeah, he's next. Uh, you know, seeing these quarterbacks evolve, I mean, these guys are the future of the NFL, you know, with Brady gone now. Um, I mean, Rodgers is still, you know, here as one of the older quarterbacks in the league. Um, it'll be pretty interesting to see how these next few years are for all of these players. It is so. definitely a new era. My childhood, my childhood is slowly going away with Tom Brady retiring like – like Sid said, Rodgers is still in the league. You also have Joe Flacco in the league still. That is correct. But all of our guys, like the Manning brothers, Roethlisberger, Brady, all those guys are now gone. Yeah. And our childhood is moving on to a new era with Mahomes, Burrow, Hurts, all, name it, Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, and Jacksonville. So it's going to be well-deserving for Justin Herbert. I love the new era. Yep, I'm loving the new era. It's going to be a good, some good matches, but good for Justin Herbert. I mean, obviously he hasn't had he hasn't made it to the Super Bowl yet, but you know he is the real deal. He know you know he is the future of the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, that he is. Damn right. All right, now that we have gone through the NFL and all our other topics, are we are going to move on to our last topic of the day, and we're going to move into the MLB with some news breaking out this week. Of course, the trade deadline is on Tuesday. Um, it's always one of the big events of the MLB every season. This might be a really crazy one this year for sure. But we're going to start off with the Los Angeles Dodgers, where they have now just acquired Kike Hernandez from the Boston Red Sox and also Ahmed Rosario from the Cleveland Guardians. Wow, yeah. I, I saw that Kike went back to the Dodgers, where he actually won a World Series in 2020. The Dodgers, man, you know, they're known for, um, you know, off-season pickups and you know trade deadlines so uh it's to be it's the trade deadline is august 1st so we'll see what they'll do now and uh before in the end of the trade deadline and yeah man the dodgers are red hot right now definitely they are stacking up to win a world series that is and then also some news that came out they are also rumored to be going after third basements for the st louis cardinals nolan arenado superstar third baseman as i should say they are on the verge, apparently, of trading for him. Yes, I was reading about that as well. He said that he wouldn't be surprised, but he'd be shocked at the same time. But uh, I could see Nolan Arenado going to the Dodgers as well. Right. Uh, and, of course, obviously, everything's smoke and mirrors until an actual trade does go down. But the Dodgers are making some moves. Obviously, they acquired my guy Kike, which hurts my heart because Kike is my favorite player. He's my favorite player on my Red Sox. But I'm glad he's... They at least sent him to a home place. They sent him back to the Dodgers, where he's a fan favorite and not a team I don't despise, possibly. So good good pickup for the Dodgers, obviously. I mean, he wasn't a fit with Boston anymore, they're saying, because Trevor Story is coming back here in a couple of weeks from rehab. So they'll probably be sick, sticking him on second base. So that's why I feel like we traded Kike Hernandez. Yeah, that Dodger team is going to be red hot. They Everybody better be careful because they are – going to be some favorites heading into October baseball so yep and then uh, going across to LA where they go to their AL rivals where the Los Angeles Angels have now announced that they are not trading superstar uh, player Shohei Otani yeah and uh, rightfully so I agree with that because they're in a pl somewhat of a playoff race right now I think they are the last time I checked and yeah um, yeah, I think it's, you know, the best to wait until after the season and see how things play out. And, you know, they either resign him next season or he leaves. And there's a lot of teams that are out there that are interested in this guy because he's just 
he's just special, you know. He is a special guy, way special guy. So, I mean, I'm glad that the Angels aren't giving up on the season, obviously. And I think Shohei Otani, I knew he wasn't getting traded. I didn't think he would get traded because you know how much they would ask for Otani. Yeah, I don't. Prospects, players, all kinds of stuff. I don't think a a trade in the middle of the season would change anything, especially with teams like the Yankees, what we're going through with uh, Aaron Judge and, like, you know, the Dodgers are already, you know, picking up some players and all these other teams. So the trade during the deadline, during the middle of the season, it didn't it doesn't make any sense to me. So I think um, that they're going to wait. They should wait and they will wait until after the season's done, depending on how far they go. The yep. rest of the and they're, they're definitely going all in now because they just made a trade last night with the Chicago White Sox acquiring star pitcher. Lucas Giolito from the White Sox and also another pitcher, Reynaldo Lopez. So obviously, and they're not, they announced they're not trading Otani. So obviously they're trying to make a playoff push. Yeah, they, I believe that the Angels, they're in a good position right now. They're third in the AL West. Um, I feel like they uh, getting those players as those are, those are good pickups right there. And um, we'll see how there's still a couple months left in this season to play. So yeah, we'll, we'll see how things get by the time September, October hits. And, and it's great. They've yeah. had, of course, I'm a groundskeeper for the Bees, so I've, I'm, I've worked with the AAA affiliate of the Angels, so I know a lot of the guys up there. They've got a lot of their farm players up right now, including Michael Stefanik, Trey Cabbage, who have had great seasons with the Bees. But they just did designate for assignment today their player that they thought was going to be their first baseman for the years to come. Jared Walsh was now DFA'd this morning, which was a kind of a shocker, but I wasn't shocked at all because they called him down on a rehab assignment, um, which usually rehab assignments are only about a week in the, in the minor leagues. He's been down for a couple months now. And there was, you know, there was something weird going on of why he was down there so much. And I was like, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, why is he down here? Are they they trying to trade him? Are they, not interested in them anymore or they just have too many roster or people on the roster in the major leagues and come to find out today they dfa'd him so jared walsh will probably not be a part of the los angeles angels organization in the future ahead so just some mlb news that we've covered today obviously the huge trade deadline we'll probably see some trades over the weekend or so yeah. so some huge trade deadline news coming out with i have the some i have some mlb news of myself too, go ahead go uh, ahead if i can uh share so aaron judge as we know uh was injured uh what month was it again i think it was in uh, a couple months ago yeah, he something got, like that so may he's or been, something. yeah he's been hurt i think since may obviously since running into that wall at dodger stadium making that catch in left field um, he might be activated tomorrow versus the Baltimore Orioles. And, um, yeah, he it's, it's crazy because Aaron Judge makes a difference for this Yankee team. They are on fire and, you know, are unstoppable when he's on the team. But when he's not, the Yankees, you know, struggle really, really hard. But I think that once they activate Judge, hopefully it can make a run at it because uh, we are last place right now. And, um, yeah, so. That is a tough division in the AL East. It Everybody's very, in that. It in is that a very, is very, good. very, very tough division because, and it's like not even like, you know, that the Yankees or the Red Sox are like trailing by a lot of games because 
that division is good, man. And I feel like anybody, well, we all know. Well, I don't know. How are the Rays doing? They're falling off. Ever since the All-Star break, they've been losing quite a bit of games. Okay, yeah, so, I mean, I feel like it could be anybody's division. I may be wrong. We still got baseball to play in August and September. So, yeah, I mean. Baltimore's looking like the top leaders, yeah. but you never know. It comes down right. It could come down to the very end. And, of course, with the Yankees getting judged back is huge. Yes. So, we'll see how he does with his recovery return. We'll see how the AL East plays out here soon as everybody in that division is fighting for a wild card spot besides the Orioles. But even still, the Orioles are too because the Rays are pretty much almost tied with them for first place. Yeah, that division is uh, stacked. It's red hot. Um, Yeah, man, uh, Aaron Judge might be coming off of the uh, injured list tomorrow against the Orioles. So we'll see how that plays out. We're, we're not sure yet, but it looks like he's coming off the injured list tomorrow. Definitely, the definitely. Orioles. You think they're trading Harrison Bader? Uh, I believe so. I mean, we I don't think we, like, re-signed him or anything going into spring training because we uh, acquired him last year in the trade deadline. So I don't know. We'll see. I like Bader, you know, but – we only have so many room for so many players on our team. So, so. what moves do you think the Yankees should make to make it over the top? Uh, I have no I haven't heard, you know, if we're, like, potentially targeting, targeting anybody. But, I mean, we should make some moves, though, for Definitely. sure, because we've been struggling. We win games some days, and then we don't win games. But with Aaron Judge coming back, I mean uh, – you know, hopefully it's a whole new ball game in yeah, the AL East. Hopefully, hopefully things go back the way they were before. So. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a race to the end in that division, and a, just a race in the AL pretty much for any wild card spot. So some MLB news to come out this week. Of course, deadlines on Tuesday. So great to cover all that kind of stuff, and we'll move on to our next topic here. All right, everybody, we are coming to a close on this podcast. Of course, my guest, Sydney McCooley, you've been great. I've appreciated you you talking about all the stuff we are on. So obviously, we're going to do what I do with every podcast. We are going to do the fun fact of the day, and I'm going to let Sydney take care of that one for me today. Fun fact of the day, Babe Ruth acquired his 700th home run baseball hit by paying the fan who caught it 20 bucks. 20 bucks. And that was cash back yeah, then. 20 bucks cash. is a lot, bro. That's a lot of money right there back in the day. 20 bucks is a lot, you know? So That's like that's like 200 in today's money. Yeah, that's, that's, some, that's some real money right yeah, there. Paying them 20 bucks, that kid was probably like, dang, I'm rich now, bro. I got some cash, bro. I'm going to go a couple baseball games. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> crazy how times have changed it has, it has changed a lot. but anyways that was the fun fact of the day i appreciate you guys listening i appreciate you guys tuning in every week of course go and follow my instagram account at the scarf show please like and follow my podcast on wherever you may be listening yeah, please do we're available on spotify iHeartRadio, amazon music and apple Podcasts. so wherever you are doing follow me and continue to go through my journey with me Thank you again, Sydney, for joining me on this podcast. Hey, man, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I look forward to coming back on the show again for sure. Right on. This has been a great one, and this has been the Scarb Show. We are live from Salt Lake City. I am your host, Andrew Scarborough, and we will see you guys next week.